Welcome to Coffee with Romina. This is your host, Romina Muhammadai, award-winning leader, negotiation and sales expert, and your new favorite podcaster. Each week, we bring you inspiring stories from extraordinary people of diverse industries, sharing practical advice and tips on how to overcome career and personal obstacles, define your own success, and take charge of your own destination. Thank you for spending time with us today. Now let the show begin. Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to Coffee with Romina podcast. This is your favorite podcaster, Romina. I hope you guys are having a tremendous and a fabulous Tuesday, or if you are listening to this episode any other day, I hope you're having a fabulous day and an amazing day. Why not? <laughs> well, as you guys might have realized by the episode number, today's episode is episode 100. We're moving to three digits, you guys. I mean, this is insane. I did not even think the podcast would make it to a year when I first launched it. Just because, I've, like I've said before, I started the podcast because, honestly, I needed a little runaway. But a little did I know that this would turn into a business and you'd be able to monetize podcasting. And no, you don't need ads in the podcasting platform to actually be able to monetize it, you guys. So if you want to learn more about it, routes that you can take on how to monetize your podcast, go ahead and connect with me. You can find me on social under connect with Romina handle, or you can visit my website, connectwithromina.com. But before we go to today's episode, some house errands, go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever you are listening to this podcast from. So this way you do not miss on any other future episodes. We are bringing to life more episodes for you guys and stay tuned because we have some amazing projects coming out. Number one, numero dos. If you are listening from Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a five-star review. Tell us how amazing we are doing. Or you can just write congratulations on the 100th episode or just write your favorite episode number. Why not? Just give us a five-star review and a comment, you guys. So this way, people that are looking for educational and informational podcasts, Apple Podcast algorithm will be able to push this podcast out there as well. And number three, which is very, very important, Before I actually jump to today's episode, I want to take a moment and thank every single guest that have been on my show. Honestly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so, so, so much. Without you guys, I would not have a show. I can sit here and talk all day, but you guys are really the star of the show. You guys are what make this podcast be a lot more successful than I could have ever made it just by myself. So, Thank you so, so, so much to every single person that have been a guest on the show for the launched episodes or for the pre-recorded episodes because, again, we do record a lot of content prior to you guys. Thank you so, so, so much to every single guest. I mean, it's it's been a journey, okay? Recently, we're hitting top 100 on Apple Podcast. We've hit so far top 100 for Switzerland, for Greece, for Albania, for Italy, Bahamas, Canada. I mean, it's it's bananas, you guys, what the podcast has been able to do for me. And I would have not been able to achieve all the success without my guests. So to all my guests, I'm in deep debt to you guys. Thank you so much for taking your time to be on the show. Thank you so much for investing your energy. Thank you so much for sharing your intellectual asset on the show and being able to provide to the audience a lot of amazing golden nuggets and be able to provide to the audience a lot of amazing knowledge that, like I always say, learn at least one new thing per episode. And I hope you guys have done so because this is episode 100, y'all. Like, we are moving to three digits. Like, I still cannot believe it. 
It's been a journey, okay? You guys, I cannot express how much I appreciate you tuning in every week or even when I see downloads that were made from like the 2019 years where the audio was just miserable and horrible and I'm sorry. But I've started because it was full of passion. It was something that I really wanted to do. It was something that I was missing from my own life and I was sure as heck that a lot of people were missing it from their own life too. Just having that one-on-one, grabbing a coffee with a professional of different career and just asking those questions to like how to overcome your life and career obstacles. Where do you go next? How do you, how do you prevent yourself from pretty much going bananas and doing something you don't like? So that's where the podcast started. I know this intro is a little bit too long, you guys, but something else that I want to prepare you for the interview. I'm not the host of today's interview, you guys, because we did something different. My very good friend Jen Amos actually is the host of Coffee with Romina, and I'm the guest. <laughs> I'm the guest. I will be able to talk about my American life story, my American roller coaster life story, I should say some highs and some lows, what I've been able to learn in almost 12 years in America in August 2021, it will be 12 years in America. August 17, as a matter of fact, I celebrate it every year. I know, I know it's cheesy, but I love it. It's my little celebratory, americatory, momentary. <laughs> but uh, without losing any time, I definitely want you guys to enjoy this episode. I get this question a lot. It's like, okay, Romina, what was it like to move to America at 17 years old by yourself? How in the heck did your parents let you do it? Did you even speak English before that? Like, what was your goal? What was your end goal? Why? There's so many questions all the time, okay? So, for the 100th episode, I decided to share my American story, share how I moved to America at 17 years old by myself, share how I got married and divorced at a very young age, how I suffered anxiety and what actually helped me to overcome my anxiety issues, as well as what is the 2.0 version of Romina, which I call a 2.0 version because once you change your mindset and once you start looking at things very differently in life, a light bulb will spark up and it will, like just your, your inner thoughts, your way that you process your feelings, the way that you just process life changes really and that's what I call the 2.0 version of the individual without losing any more time you guys I will let you enjoy the show you get to know me a lot more and Jen thank you so so much again for doing this for me and you guys thank you for tuning into 100th episode of coffee with Romina I am blessed to do this for a living I'm blessed to have you guys as my listeners and thank you again for trusting me with your time we are moving on the three digit, three digits, you guys. I mean, even saying it, it just sounds crazy to me. Anyways, I'll shut up now. I'll let you guys enjoy the show. Jen is going to fully take over for me and put me in the corner, actually. Ask me some awesome questions. Hey, Jen, how are you today? Hey, Romina, it's great to be here today. And I'm not going to put you in the corner. I'm actually going to put you in the forefront because... <laughs> For all of your shows or all of your interviews, Romina, you have been highlighting everyone else. And so this is my opportunity to kind of turn, you know, turn the table on you and interview you. So I'm really excited to just, first of all, uh, be here for your 100th episode. So thank you so much for having me um, and just really excited to see where this conversation goes. And hopefully our, your listeners will get to know you more <laughs> and uh, stick around for the next 100 plus episodes, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. I, I love that idea. But before we do that, though... Um, 
Jen, you've been on the podcast before. We did talk about the importance of storytelling. I mean, you've yeah. hosted multiple podcasts. You are just on the American Next Podcaster. So let the audience know a little bit about you as well before we get started. Yeah. So if you want to learn anything about my podcasting shenanigans, my website is jenamoscreates.com. But you know, crazy thing, uh, I started podcasting in summer 2019, when I was still fairly new to the East Coast. I'm a former Cali girl of 20 years. And uh, I was trying to reinvent myself, Romina, kind of something that you did when you moved out here, which we'll get into later. And uh, I was just trying to find a new identity. And I accidentally stumbled across podcasting and how easy it was to do it. And fast forward to today, um, I think I've published or interviewed, I think collectively 400 uh, podcast episodes at this point in in less than um, two years. of doing this journey. And so it's just been a ton of fun. And meeting you last year was really cool because PodFest Summit in Florida was um, one of the first podcast conferences that I went to. And you met me when I had my dog with me. <laughs> I think I think it's my dog that drew you. It was me. your dog. Yes. I saw it. I was like, pupster. I was like, oh, hi. You. Yeah. I was like, but puppy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's so funny because like I normally wouldn't be the kind of person to bring in my dog like that. But, you know, my husband, he, he has this mentality of like, you know, ask for forgiveness, not permission. And so he, we just brought the dog in and no one kicked us out. So he was with me and thank God, because I was able to meet you. And yeah, I mean, you know, my thing, if anyone's wondering about my, what I love to do, I'm very much an interview based uh, podcaster. I love talking to people from all walks of life, primarily uh, military families, women and entrepreneurs, and just find that common ground with everyone realizing that that, you know, we're all trying to do something good. Most of us are, I'd like to believe. And I just like to pull that out of everyone. And so I'm just excited to now kind of sit here on your show um, after having been interviewed to interview you and pull the best out of you today, Bermita. Oh my goodness. Well, you guys, you heard it. She interviewed hundreds of people. Well, I'm very confident I'm in good hands. So the stage is all yours. Ask me whatever you like, whatever you think the audience could definitely benefit from Romina. You know me a little bit more than the audience knows because I interview people. So let's get started. (laughs) Well, let's start with that first question though of interviewing because you've interviewed a ton of people as well. And even at PodFest Global, um, just literally a couple of days ago at the time of this, rec- I mean, yesterday at the time yeah. of this recording, you know, you were, you know, doing a lot of interviewing other people as well, or, or you were moderating. Mm-hmm. And so let's start with where does that come from for you? Because I think it takes a certain person to have a certain level of empathy to actually want to know about people. You know what I mean? I'll be honest with you. I never thought I would have moderating or interviewing skills. I have mm-hmm. to thank Natasha Slaughter for that. She was the president for Sherm Jacksonville. One time, Sherm organized this big, huge event in Jacksonville. It was for the whole Florida chapter, actually. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, she's like, you look pretty today. She's like, here, have this go on the <laughs> stage and like, you know. Uh, welcome the speakers and I was like wait what is like eight o'clock in the morning my coffee haven't kicked in I just came here for the conference because I want to learn she's like no no you can do it just do it and I remember like sitting because you talk in front of the classroom you know like you talk in front of your co-workers but talking Mm -hmm. in front of like 50 professionals that have been in the HR world like they're consultants of any type of age any type of experience I was shaking a little bit and I remember going to the wife of the speaker and I was like hey what do you want me to say about him? Like, is there anything that you cool you want me to say? She could tell I was a little nervous at first. So she's like, hey, make this joke. And he's going to love you. Like, whatever you say, the rest of it, he's not going to pay attention. Like, that's his favorite thing. <laughs> so I did. And the whole, like, room just started laughing. And then the whole thing just went smooth. And Natasha yeah. is like, hey, come here and do this, do this. 
So she got me out of my comfort zone there. Uh, and that was like a big thing for me because I didn't like I worked sales. I can talk to strangers like we met. Like I was like, hey, yeah. what yeah. are you like? How are you? I'm Romina. Like I can talk to strangers. Yeah. But Natasha, I think sometimes we miss, we tend to miss like good skills that we have and others a lot like see it on us. So whenever we see somebody to push us out, you know, out of comfort zone, sometimes we have to trust it. So yeah. I, I just love meeting people. Uh, I thank Natasha all the time for pushing me that day because it kind of opened a new chapter for me that I'm like, yeah. oh, this is kind of cool. Like yeah. I can like, you know, introduce people now. And then they had me moderate uh, sessions here in Jacksonville multiple times, like with a panel, I'll be the moderator. I'm like, okay, I can do better. I can do better. And I was like, how about I interview these people? How about yeah. like, so everything kind of started from there. And yeah. I didn't know I had the skills, but again, thank you, Natasha, if you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Natasha. And you're right. Sometimes it takes feedback from someone else or encouragement or an observation from someone else to be like, hey, like, or for you to be like, wow, I didn't know that I had that skill set. So here we are, you know, 100 episodes later, looking back at that time, what do you think is the biggest thing you learned since then? Like that you sort of wish that you had in that moment, like to automatically have like, let's say a certain level of confidence. Like what did you learn, you know, a hundred episodes later, looking back at that time? Everybody is a human. And sometimes mm -hmm. we tend to overthink ourselves. Like I've been yeah. in meetings with higher ups before that I'll like sweat a little bit and be like, oh my God, like those people are like high executives. But like, if somebody's giving you the time of the day, just know everybody's a human at the end of the day. And as long as you are having a very genuine conversation and very good intentions towards everything that you're doing everybody is relatable because yeah. sometimes we, t we tend to put others on a higher pedestal and I don't mean to like offend anybody but like we are all humans somebody might be more successful than me or than, than you or anybody else just because they've worked really hard for it but yeah. we can all relate to one another so I wish I knew that before because I always tend to overthink the interviews yeah. at the very beginning and like overstress myself because of it yeah, I agree with you. I, I remember for myself starting out, uh, one of the types of people I was most intimidated by were, let's say, like male execs, you know, yes. like working, you know, one of my podcast shows, I do work, I do interview uh, business owners that make at least six figures and up. And of course, you know, even till right now, let's, it's okay to just acknowledge that C-suite is still very male dominated and, you know, it is what it is and it is changing. <laughs> but in the meantime, I would, I thought originally that I would be very intimidated by that. And just like what you said, Romina, it's just having that theme in mind that people are human. And one thing that I have found a way to connect with men to kind of overcome that intimidation is realizing that a lot of these men are fathers. Yeah. A lot of them are fathers that have daughters and they're doing this for their family. They're doing this for their daughter. And when I think of it that way, it's easier for me to talk to them and really pull out the humanity out of them. Yeah, or I think of it as they can be my brother too, because a lot of times yeah. there's like our age, you know, like a little bit younger. And I just think of that as my brother. And they, if they can see like the higher executives, no matter what gender you are, if they see passion in you and they see you take it serious, they will yeah. give the best. And you yeah. can tell from like the interviews, how they answer, how they take the whole interviewing process. Because if you're not taking it serious, they're going to give you those dry answers that us as podcasters, we're going to be like, I don't even want to release this episode because it's yeah. just very blah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And one thing to keep in mind is that when I think about interviewing people, I think of it as a dance, you know, with the host and the guest. And it's all about putting a good performance for the listeners. Because yeah. you know, if I make the guest look good and the guest makes me look good, then it's good for all of us. Like we all uplift one another. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I always look at it as the guest is the star of the show. They took yeah. the time of the day to be on my podcast because I can sit here and mumble on my microphone all day. But uh, without my guests, I wouldn't have a show. So they are the star of the show at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This show is sponsored by Sales Law of Averages online course. The course is a business development course teaching sales professionals and entrepreneurs how to master their sales funnel through sales and negotiation techniques. We all work hard on our leads, but unfortunately often fail to convert those leads to sales. Well, now you can say goodbye to those days. Order the course today at connectwithromina.com forward slash courses to get a deep discount. Receive access to over 40 videos, five hours of training material, and study even movie negotiation scenes today for just $79. Use the promo code Romina, which is spelled R-O-M-I-N-A at checkout. Again, the website is connectwithromina.com forward slash courses and use the promo code Romina that's spelled R-O-M-I-N-A at checkout. Master your sales today. So Romina, you were telling me a little bit about your background as to how you got into interviewing and moderating and just being the incredible person you are today. Uh, But let's talk about before you came to the States, you moved here when you were 17. Tell us that backstory. What brought you out here to America? (laughs) Oh, goodness. So (laughs) I am one of, like, my mom is one of the lucky members that applied for the DV visa program, diversity visa program through USCIS. Mm. So Mm. it's called the American lottery. So when I say my mom won the American lottery, people think she won money. No, you guys, she didn't. She won the green card (laughs) for all the family members. So in 2005, November, actually 9th, 2005 was the first time that we came to America. And Mm. We were just kind of trying to see, like, how is everything? Uh, My parents had business back home at the time. So we keep doing the back and forth. But I always wanted to come here. So through the, uh, the agency that we used to buy the tickets to come to America, she... Alma is her name. Her husband is American. and He used to work in the American embassy. So mm-hmm. my dad would tell her all the time, like, my daughter is annoying me. Like, she wants to go to America, but she's very young. So mm. she's like, well, they do have foreign exchange programs. Uh, you can, She can do that for her senior year since she's under 18 and she cannot live by herself. Because knowing myself, like, I'll work. I'll handle life. Like, I got it. Yeah. Um, I've always been a little stubborn. But we need to do that program. So I did that program and I lived in Chicago for the first year. Mm. And I'll tell you, like, I remember in Germany and I had a teddy bear. Okay. Like, um, like a three feet teddy bear. So I'll like hug my teddy bear at, at the airport. My mom, you know, of course, she well, you, brought, crying. you brought a human size teddy yeah. bear to the airport. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And then when <laughs> in Germany, carry on. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, in Germany and Munich, whenever you go to the terminal that you're going to take the flights to America, I remember USCIS or an uh, ICE actually, a nice agent stopped me. He's mm-hmm. like, let's check in my documents. And he's like, you're underage. Why are you going to America? Mm-hmm. And mind you, my English was very broke. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mm-hmm. even know what the heck I was thinking. Like, I, mm-hmm. when I went to Chicago, I was like, I thought I knew English, but like, mm-hmm. I don't understand nothing what you guys are saying. But he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm doing the foreign exchange program. He's like, where's your family? And I was like, in Albania. He's like, well, where are you staying? So I like gave him the the address. And he's like, Mm -hmm. well, if your family has green cards, why are you moving by yourself? So he's asking me all these questions. And he's like, can you like hold here for a moment? I was like, oh, my God, they're not about to let me get on my flight to Chicago. So I'm freaking out. And end up like everything cleared out. They just needed to do like a lot of checks, make sure the green card was legit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was fine. But then I moved here. And within the first two weeks, I had to change host families mm. because 
the host family that I first got assigned, the, the parents were divorced and the, there was a lot of family drama. Like even police got involved. Like I'm Skyping my mom and you see like five officers coming in the back yeah. and I'm not seeing it because my camera is very tiny. Now imagine yeah. like how my mom felt like I'm all, all the way across the ocean, two weeks in, there's like five police officers like searching the house upside down. And the the agency um, was like, we you have to go back to Albania. Like, we don't have a family for you. Oh I was like, goodness. no, I refuse it. And I was like, I got a green card. I was like, I'm going to, even if I stay here legally, like, you know, like yeah. underage, like live by myself, I'm going to figure it out. But I was very lucky enough to meet another Albanian girl, which to this day, she's my best friend. And she was like, all Albanians were like together that day. Like they just had like a family <laughs> dinner. and her aunt hears it and she's like have her come to my house tonight Mm -hmm. so I literally slept in the couch like she's like just have her come to my house and she like learned a little bit more about me like I literally have like two luggages that's all I came to America with like two luggages and my teddy bear and she's like you can stay with me finish your year stay with me and to me like she literally saved saved my ass like because I would have had to come back to go back to Albania Mm -hmm. and no, even though it's Albanian, you know, like the same culture and everything, it's not the same as your family. So it was it was challenging a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's times that I wanted to go back, like I would like Skype my mom and I'll cry about it, or like I could not go to sleep because I would just like feel like I was a stranger. Yeah. Like even though this family welcomed me, which is there was an amazing thing from them till this day. Like I keep in touch with them, of course, but it wasn't it was it's not your family. So it was the first year was really hard. And then the second year, um, when I had to go to freshman, Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville. Mm -hmm. Freshman year was a struggle on its own. I ended up having a roommate that literally put like a black sheet between her room and my room because my last name is Muslim. So she started Mm -hmm. writing like Romina is making bombs in school. Uh, like police had to get involved oh my goodness she got kicked out of school actually because my friend was like do yeah. not go to your room mm-hmm. um she's like he's like do not go there because she's about to start a fight and she's writing these things on facebook it's like i printed for you we called the campus police well i'm just sitting in the library like doing my homework yeah and all because my english wasn't good mm-hmm. so that's what i would be made fun of for the first two years because my english wasn't good which to me, I'm like, okay, but I, I can learn. I'm still young. Yeah, <laughs> like I speak Albanian, yeah. you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but those two first years, like I'll never forget it. Those two first years were uh, were history on its own, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I can just imagine. Um, I can only imagine just that transition and uh, kind of dealing with discrimination, <laughs> you yeah. know, very early on being out here. You mentioned to uh, your family that you know, you you're bugging your dad, like how much you wanted to go to America. Uh, I want to ask you why, why, why America? Why did you want to come here so badly? So honestly, it was between America and Germany on uh, mm. the choice because mm. Germany is considered the America of Europe towards mm. like, you know, the work opportunities, how like the legalities, how everything kind of works out just because of their government and their system regulations is a lot better than other countries, at least mm-hmm. to like, to my opinion. Yeah. So it was between those two. And the thing was, if I went to Germany, I wanted to work for Benz in marketing, I somehow mm. like work for Benz. Um, and I should have just listened to my heart and go for marketing to begin with because I started pharmacy and then I dropped out, which that's a story <laughs> on its own. Mm. But honestly, America, I remember like very early days. 
the parenthesis show and i remember this people just like going out and trying to like sell stuff and mm-hmm. you like negotiate and you can like sell people on the street and you'd be able to like all the shows that we used to see right and i'm yeah. like i want to do that like that's so cool like yeah. i can like just have something and sell it and like people in america are very approachable like like i remember one episode they were selling ice cream like uh, with mm-hmm. a stand in a corner in new york city mm-hmm. and i was like oh, like I can just have like a little thing like on my weekends and like sell stuff and make money. Like like in America, if you put in the work, like you'll get it. That's th- that's what got stamped in my brain yeah, uh, from yeah. shows. And that's why I was like, I want to do America. Yeah. And I told my dad, I was like, let me try America. If it doesn't work, I'll go to Germany. <laughs> and then my mom was like, go to Germany because it's closer. You know, it's a flight away, like two hours. Yeah. But yeah. no, America, because just the culture, the American dream, I've, I've visited here before and I just liked it. Yeah. I just felt it was a whole nother world that I would like to be a part of. Yeah. Well, you know, excuse my ignorance. I definitely don't know anything about Albania. Uh, other, You're like my only Albanian friend. <laughs> <laughs> so yay me. <laughs> but tell me. I'm so your you best felt- Albanian friend. <laughs> yes. Yes. There you go. Yes. <laughs> um, so tell me, like, do you feel like those opportunities just weren't as accessible in Albania? Like you felt like you could, you were more likely to be able to achieve it coming out here? Yes. Yeah, so in Albania, like I grew up with my parents having their business their whole life. Like there'll be times mm-hmm. at two, three in the morning, my parents would come home and me and my brother would cook by ourselves. We do things by ourselves, but my parents never spoiled me. Like I had a $10 allowance for my phone. Cause you have to like prepay phones there. Mm-hmm. And if I wanted to do something like my mom uh, had her own office as a CPA, my dad had his own business. So if I was like, Hey, like I want to go on the school trip or I want to do like go out with my friends they would literally give me like a list of stuff to do, mm-hmm. um, to go out. So th- I was used to that culture, but also talking about opportunities. I saw how hard my parents work. And because yeah. the government regulations weren't the best, like mm-hmm. Albania was a communist country till 90 to 1991. And I was born 1992. Yeah. So it was still through that transition. And it was very political oriented towards if you don't support one party, your business will fail. Like yeah. no jokes, nothing. And I just didn't like it. And also we have this culture of like, which I love, like, I love uh-huh. drinking coffee, you guys. Like I want <laughs> coffee in my hand. Yes. Yes. But they would Cheer, sit- cheers. Cheers. <laughs> coffee. <laughs> but they would sit at the coffee shop for like two, three hours and just gossip. And I just never yeah. liked that. Mm. So I'm like, I want to, I want to like, let's talk about like, you know, other things. Like we're talking about the same thing over and over yeah, so I just it seemed kind of stagnant in a way, or just very. It was a little boring to me yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was very, it's very, very different. Yeah. So it sounds like you were looking for something new. You were looking for an adventure and the possibility of more opportunities. Yes, absolutely. And I don't till this day. I don't know how my parents let me do that, but I'm <laughs> super glad they did because yeah. I wouldn't be where I'm at right now without them being like, okay. Like you're crazy, but we're going to support you on this decision. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's a very inspiring story because I imagine, and this is just my own um, experience and assumptions of being a woman, like that was probably a really big deal for your parents to send you off on your own to, you know, oh, yeah. very kind of an unlo- unknown land to them in a sense. And so and, for oh, you yeah. to be here. So, so tell me more. About, like, I remember like yeah. my mom ended up giving me like a whole lecture on sex at one time. <laughs> like, oh, I fun. swear. Oh, fun. Because in my head, I was like, I don't need a boyfriend because I know I'm moving to America. Since sophomore year, I had made up my mind. And I was like, I don't need something to hold me back. Like, I'm just going to go out and have fun. Yeah. So I didn't get a boyfriend. 
Like, I was like, I, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to do the whole long distance drama thing. I was yeah. like, I'm just not. And then my mom ended up giving me like one day she sent me down. She's like trying to give me like a whole lecture. I was like, mom, I'm going there to like improve my career. I'm like, you're crazy. Like, what are you talking about? Like in my head, it was still not even processed to me that I'm like, I'm about to be 18, 19. Like you might want to get a boyfriend. It was not even a thought in my brain because I'm like, I want a better life. I don't want a boy or a man in my life. I just want a better life. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting how, you know, I think even till this day, there's still those gender norms and expectations. Like, you know, for a woman to be quote unquote successful, they have to be with someone. They have to Mm -hmm. like find a man. And it's just great how you already kind of just, you didn't even think of that. You're like, I just want to be successful. And for you, your definition wasn't, you know, to be with a man. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't part of it. (laughs) It wasn't because I'm like, I'm not to where I want to be to be in a relationship because a relationship, I take it very serious, maybe more serious than I should take it sometimes. Mm. But I think of it as as a partnership and I'm not going to, you know, waste somebody's time and waste my time if I'm not in a position that I'm happy with with myself to get you involved in my own situation. That's how I look at it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So since you've been out here, kind of looking back at that first leap of faith to come to America, do you feel like America turned out to be everything you were hoping it would be? There's times that it would be better and there's times that would be worse. (laughs) Uh, The reason why I say that is because there's times that would be better. Um, I actually got married at 20, divorced at 23. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I look back at it, it was just a situation that I just felt very lonely. And I thought I met a person because I was so homesick. So I just started dating somebody. Mm. And then we ended up getting married. So when I look back at it, like he's not even like to what I would go for. But it was just the loneliness that kind of got to me. So Mm -hmm. I'm grateful because whenever I went through my divorce, it's not the back home mentality that, oh, my God, you're 23. You're moving back with your parents. Like, oh, you poor thing. It was more like, hey, screw it. You're 23. You're young. Just go out there and kill it. And you're pretty. Like, that's what I get from my <laughs> And you're <friends>. pretty. <laughs> like, yes. yes. But, but like back home, it would be a different perception. Like even my family did not tell our family back home because they felt that stigma that would be like, oh, what, you know, what a tragedy, like divorce at 23. Yeah. So in situations like that, I would say America is better. And sometimes I would say it's worse because there are times that I would be like, okay, I wish I had like my 50 cousins around me and just throw a huge like Albanian party and just dance strange because this is our own traditional dancing. Mm -hmm. Um, But overall, if I was to be like, go back home, like actually I saw a dream about this. I saw a dream like I was kicked out of America and I was sent back to Albania. Mm. Um, (laughs) And I grew, I like, I woke up with like a gut feeling that like was killing me. And I was like, there is no way. I was like, I am not going back there. I was yeah. like, that would be like the end of my life. I cannot do that <laughs> because I'm so used to this life now. Cause it's very, yeah. very different. Yeah. It's like, once you, once you get a taste, it, it's kind of like, um, I'm trying to think of like a really good example. It's like, it's like, for example, you've been drinking like soda, uh, water all your life. And then all of a sudden you drink soda for the first time and you love soda. And you're like, how did I not, I how did I live without soda? Yeah. You know, soda is not healthy, but you know, I'm just trying to give an analogy here where it's like, once you get a taste of something new and yeah. something that's on like better or like tastes better, it's like, you just can't like you, you don't, you can't forget that you can't let that go. Yes. I, like I would, I remember waking up like terrified. I yeah. called my mom. I was like, mom, I saw this dream. She's like, oh, you've been working too much. She's like, you need to relax. Like you're seeing your <laughs> dreams. And, you know, I just want to 
commend you actually. And, uh, you know, just for being very open about your divorce. I know that, um, for a lot of, uh, families, like culturally, like even in the Philippines, it, it's actually, it's, it's actually only recent that you're allowed to divorce. Like oh. for decades, uh, for the longest time, it was the law to like stay married. Like you couldn't, you couldn't divorce. Otherwise you would separate, but you would, you can't like divorce. It's, and so if you do divorce, um, it really is a shameful thing. And it, it, it really is seen as failure, um, yeah. at least, you know, for my, for my family back in the Philippines and the culture there. So I can understand, you know, that, that shame, um, in something like that, but I also understand why you did it. I think that in being, when you were with that person, you were trying to find a sense of home, you know, and sometimes, you know, sometimes other than our family, the next best thing to find a sense of home is with a significant other. Yeah. I'm not an expert. That's just my, that's just kind of my opinion. Like we all eventually just want to settle with someone and, and you needed that, like that yeah. person compensated, you know, the lack of family and relatives that you had out here. And so I just want to say that I, I feel like I can understand why you did that, you know, deal with that loneliness and trying to, you know, fill in that void with a person. And I don't think there's anything that's wrong with it. You needed that at that time. And then when did you know that you were like, okay, this is just not going to work for me? Like, when did you know it was time for you to divorce? Um, the day that I got married, <laughs> but I did not want to accept it. So let me explain. You tried myself. to make it work, huh? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So the wow. day that I got married, I had this gut feeling that I should go back and cancel it. The wow. reason why is because I, I don't know if it was the universe trying to talk to me, but, and I remember talking about this, like with one of my very good friends and I was like, I always had this gut feeling that me and him are not going to be together long-term, but again, wow. coming from the Albanian mentality and not being a quitter and wanting to fix it, yeah. I tried to, but it was my very, very final draw was when he cheated. Um, and I just Ugh, like, yeah. I, I remember, like, I'll be very honest about this, you guys. Um, I overdosed in alcohol and I end up in the hospital with alcohol poisoning. Like I almost passed away oh my and God, I was I in the hospital for two days. Um, yeah. that's how bad I started drinking because, um, I'm not trying to play pity here or anything. Like if you are listening to this episode, cause that's one thing that I'm going to keep it very real and raw and I'm not going to like tear off for this. <laughs> but um, I remember I was like, he's like, I wish you would die. So I didn't have a divorce on my record. Wow. So that was like the lowest thing somebody can tell you, especially when you are, you know, mentally abusive towards someone to the point, like I lost my identity. I yeah. like I would lie. So this is what I would do. I would lie to him and say, hey, I have to go to Florida because I lived in Atlanta. I say I have to go to Florida because my parents have an emergency. Um, yeah. And then I'll tell my family, be like, oh, I'm here just to surprise you. And this way I would run away for a couple of days, try to get a refresher and then go back. And then we get worse. I'll do the same thing. So I started doing like like Atlanta, Jacksonville so many times that he's like I don't understand like you're going there like is your family okay I'm like just family emergencies and I keep telling my parents like oh I'm just going to surprise you um and he came to like a mentally abusive to like the point that I could not even like you know say what I wanted yeah. because I was always like dumb or stupid or yeah. like I was uneducated because I dropped out of school Oh. never making it like the worst things that you can tell to somebody and the reason why I say this is because when my mom went back home and talked to like her best friend and her, her their daughters, she shared my story. 
and the the girls were teenagers at the time and they start crying and their perception in dating has changed ever since yeah so if my tragedy which i think it's a big life lesson if that helps somebody else to leave um a very mentally abusive relationship just do it because number one you're a badass so you can do it um number two there's like a 2.0 version of you will be born yeah. So now I make fun of it because you'd be like, you talk too much. Like you just this and that you talk too much. And like now I get paid to talk. So look That's at me. Right. <laughs> and I, I recall you mentioned that you um, still sort of keep in touch or have grabbed lunch with him once like post divorce. Right. Like you guys are still you guys sort of still keep in touch. We no? don't keep in touch. So, yes, I did grab lunch with him. Uh, it was about two years after I got my divorce. After I left him, I was in Atlanta and I was like, hey, I'm in town. I'd like to grab coffee. Mm. It was coffee, not lunch. Uh, lunch is too too long. Coffee too short. long. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. But I, I did a lot of, and throughout the time frame, I also dated somebody else that mm-hmm. just the way um, he would treat me or, you know, he would just be a, a decent human. Like nothing yeah. out of the ordinary, just a decent human. But God, I got used to being treated so bad that when I saw the other side, I was like, oh, there's this side. Like, not like I was grown up with like perfect family, perfect parents, respect and love one another, like open communication. But my, my mentality was so messed up that I was like, this is the dating in America. Yeah. So I grabbed lunch, I grabbed coffee with him. And I was like, Hey, I was like, I know you keep trying to contact me. Um, you're blocked everywhere. Um, I just want to sit here and let you know, like, I forgive you. Like, it's okay. Like, move on. Like, I want you to be happy. I'm happy with myself. Like, just move on. It's okay. We all mess up at one point or another. Just know that there's no grudges hold from me towards you. Yeah. And he, like, start crying because he's like, this is crazy. Like, you, I've done so much bad things to you for even to sit here. And I'm like, I... I'm like, I, I'm letting go of a part of my life that now when I talk about it, it feels like I'm saying stories of somebody else. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's weird because I start remembering the, the bad parts of the relationship to train my brain to not remember the good parts. Yeah. And then once this start happening now, I feel like I'm talking about somebody else's life. Like I read a book and I'm just describing a book. Yeah. Which is very that's powerful. weird. I think, I think that's, um, that's like a true example of growth. And, you know, just being able to observe. That's what it is. I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's what I want to, that's how I I see it. Since you guys had a chance to chat, uh, what were his revelations after the fact? Because clearly you've learned a lot um, Mm. from your divorce, but what did he learn that if he did share anything with you that if there's anything he did learn after the relationship? Well, I remember he was like, you know, we can still be friends or business partners. And I was like, no, I'm like, this was the last time we talk. Like, this is our last coffee. Yeah. Like, I, he's like, well, why? I'm like, I like, I don't hate you. You are just a part of my life that I'm closing that chapter to. Yeah. Um. So I wish you the best. But he still wanted to like keep in touch. Sometimes he emails me from, from other emails, which I block it. Um. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't want it. Like that, yeah. that gives me like, I remember one time he tried to FaceTime me and I was with my good friend Summer. Like mm. I started shivering and I, st- I fainted because oh it just, so I was like, I have to block you. Like I can at this point. Yeah. Um, so even sounds like, like he, it sounds like he has a lot of regrets and he's trying to, yeah. Uh, 
and make up for some things. And you're just like, I don't hate you, but I'm done with you. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, I wish you the best. Like, yeah. Yeah. But he, he did say, he's like, nobody will ever, like, everybody will always know like how good you were to me. Like, I know I'm not going to find somebody as good as you. Yeah. So I'm like, it's okay. Like we live and learn. Like it's okay. Like that's your thing now. Like I'll find somebody better than you. Like I know it. And yeah. you might find somebody better than me. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I hate you. You messed up my life. Like, no, like, I'm actually very super grateful I went through that just yeah. because I love it. I love my life right now. Like, I legit, like, I wake up and I'm like, I'm awesome. Like, I love my <laughs> life. Like, that's how I yes. look at it. Well, let's talk about Romina 2.0. Let's talk about her evolution since that time. Uh, you're in sales today. So give us a snapshot of what you know, life of Romina looks like right now in sales and obviously as a podcaster. Absolutely. Um, so it's not sales is not something new for me. I started like I worked uh, automotive sales, door to door sales, inside mm. sales in America. But back home, my dad used to sell construction items. So we used to go B2B like business to business and literally mm. would negotiate like the price of a brick. Uh, Mm -hmm. pre-order like order pre-production post-production pre-transportation post-transportation like to the tiny 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 you know penny because that's how like a break times like the whole you know truckload you'd be able to negotiate those yeah I grew up around that culture and currently I interviewed like because I grew up and because sales mindset has actually been a big big factor for me to just see life differently and be be stronger too I would say Mm-hmm. Um, my podcast is because of sales, because I've started, I learned how to ask those deep questions, build that amazing, create, create that amazing personal relationship with people, be able to learn the marketing, the way how to, you know, like I talked on podcast, the way how to do the R and D process in the whole funnel. So now yeah. my brain process everything through a funnel, which is weird. Um, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I'd be like, so in sales, you have leads, decision makers, pitches and sales. So I need to break this whole set, set up into four steps. So it makes sense. So I can get the conversion that like, that's how my I brain love it. It's like all in your head. (laughs) Yes. It's like stamped in my brain. Like that's how I think of everything now, which is a little weird. (laughs) Hey, it's like, it's like, um, one of my favorite games I like to play when I'm, um, just relaxing is Tetris and I'll just like really get into it. And then I, and then sometimes when I'm just daydreaming, I think of Tetris blocks, (laughs) but for you, I think sales funnels. (laughs) Yes. I think sales funnels and a candy crush. Like how can I move things around? So like I can get to the bot, like it just, that's how my brain works. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I think it's very fitting for you to be in sales, not only because you have, you have had experience in it for a long time, but you just really have that go-getter unapologetic, uh, kind of lean forward personality or fail, even a fail forward. You're just like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go. I'm going to ask if I don't ask the answer is no. Right. And you yeah. just keep doing that. And you just, I just really um, respect that of you. Cause I think that even an average American who's lived here for a couple of generations, they, not a lot of them even have that confidence, but I think there's something about that immigrant mindset, like something that I got from my parents when they came here was like, you got to You got to get stuff done. You know, yeah. like no, no one's going to save you. <laughs> like no one's going to look out for you. Like you got to get it done. Like you're not entitled to anything. Do you feel the same way or, or a similar way? I do. Um, and I would say also working door to door sales, like literally knocking on stream, or should I call it how the business work call it business to customer sales campaign, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, the yeah. fancy word. No, I'm knocking on your door trying to sell you like cable and the internet services and like getting the <laughs> door shut on my face. I never took it personal mm. because I'm like, no means next three, three nose means yes. Like, okay, yeah. where did I mess up? 
Uh, did I miss their body language in here? Did I talk too much? So I never was mad at the process. I was always like trying to un- analyze the situation. That's why I end up start reading. And I hate yeah. reading before. I got to make fun of people that read. I'm like, don't you have something better? <laughs> I know. But I start reading because I'm like, I want to know like how people think, how like body yeah. language, how they process things. I want to like improve myself like Brian Tracy, no excuse, like the book. Yeah. I love it. So I always had that, you know, like, no man's next. Like, it's not the end of the world. Like, they shut the door on you. Like, yeah, they're probably, like, spilled coffee on their shirt this morning. (laughs) Or their alarm didn't go off. So it's not, like, I start not taking things personal. And that was another thing that even now, like, I don't take things personal. Unless you're, like, attacking me directly, I'll say you have no facts to your, you know, to your judgment. Uh, if you have facts then yes I'll be very coachable but I just don't take things personal that's another thing too yeah you know I think uh I think I think you can I, I feel like salespeople who do the you know like go door to door and uh really approach cold leads just from you know without any context or what have you um you learn a lot I imagine yeah. that you learn sales very quickly are there any key tips that you can share from that experience of just kind of going door to door in addition to not taking things personally, but to, you know, to provide the best customer service that you can in that moment, you know, once the door opens. It's all law of averages because even the course that I launched for sales, you can talk to even life, you know, Mm -hmm. you meet a hundred people, but not all the hundred people are going to be your best friend or your, you know, your closest friend. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean those all a hundred were bad people. It just, you didn't bond with all of them. So you have only one to two really good friends from the whole filtration system. So it's the same thing about sales. It doesn't mean that a hundred leads that you work, those were just mean people or people have just wasted your time. No, it just did not work out. So move on to the next thing because the more leads you get and the better you also get throughout the whole process by practice, of course, that's where you'd be able to add that conversion and maybe, you know, create a whole, you know, best friend community, pretty much. So it's all yeah. law of averages uh, to me. And you, once you start learning how to master the law of averages, and once you start really being also open to criticism, if you're not good at something, just don't be defensive and actually take the advice and yeah. practice it. And then be the judge. Like, I'm not saying take every advice that is given, but start analyzing if somebody's like, hey, maybe if you do it better this way, try it. And if it doesn't work, then like, forget that advice. But yeah be coachable. And it's all everything in life is love averages, honestly. Yeah. And I think that one way to not take it so personally is to almost like switch hats, you know, go from like having that being a you as a personal individual to a salesperson and maybe creating an identity, you know, for yourself. Like, for example, like my full name is Jennifer and only my family calls me Jennifer, but kind of my, my stage name is Jen Amos. And so everyone professionally knows me that. And so that's like, I get into the Jen Amos mindset when I do conversations like this or when I'm in sales, but, and it's, I think when you're able to kind of create that identity outside of yourself or like another version of yourself, like it is easier to look at that criticism and and feedback with like with an objective um, perspective and actually use it to help you. Yeah, absolutely. And also another thing too, for the salespeople, like we've both been on the both end of the spectrum. We've been a customer at one point and we've been a sales professional at one point for people that work sales profession, right? So why be that a mean out like 
salesperson that is so pushy that like I don't want to deal with like nobody wants to deal with like pushy people so just don't do that like I just get excited when I work sales and I negotiate like that's a that's an exciting thing for me because I'm like this is a competition let's see what I can do now also I'm trying to help you with something that I know for a fact that you you know you need in your life or in your business so to me, it's a little competition. I treat them very fairly, like every customer, every client that I talk to, I treat them very fairly. Like mm-hmm. my business name is six, seven radius. Like I'll watch your six while you shoot for your lucky number seven. So this is a mm-hmm. partnership. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and try to up my commission to the max, but, you know, hurt you long term. So mm-hmm. I try to find the best, best uh, the best middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that mindset. Um, just just kind of having that in mine, in mine, <laughs> um, as you do sales. Um, one thing I find uh, really interesting though, and this is sort of shifting gears here for a, a second, Ramina is uh, outside of sales, you, you had a lot of anxiety, uh, before yeah. you started podcasting. Um, and yet podcasting was kind of the cure to that. Tell us about that. So actually the therapy on this, I started mm-hmm. the podcast because I had anxiety and this was in 2019 and I moved to mm-hmm. Jacksonville, Florida in 2015. Mm-hmm. And I realized even though I kind of let go of my past, you know, all the trauma and everything, I, I start having like all these feelings back of, you know, my divorce. Um, I used to work for a security system. So I start hearing stories back like left and right about people breaking in, doing this, doing that. And I start having flashbacks. Mm. And in 1996, Albania was in a war. And I start having flashbacks of like actually hearing like shotguns and actually hearing stories wow. like outside of my window. So I'd ask my parents be like, hey, I had a, like, I don't know if it was a dream or if it was a flashback. Like, is this story real? And they're like, how in the world do you even remember this? Like, they're wow. like, yeah, I used to hide under the bed. Uh, like, used wow. to be like, I'm sorry, brother, you have to wake up. Like, you have to grow up during the war. Um, I'm like, I remember one time, I'm like, this guy stopped us. He had an AR-15. He pointed at dad and he's like, give me your car. And dad recognized his voice because mm-hmm. he was from our hometown. And he's like, dude, take your mask off. You're scaring my daughter. Like, I remember the whole thing. And I was like, we went fishing after, like, the whole thing very vividly. And my dad is like, how in the world do you remember that? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know if it's me hearing stories left and right of people breaking into other people's houses because I worked the security system sales. But that's what kind of piled up for me. And also, I was just stuck. I was like, I don't know what to do. I was like, Mm -hmm. I want to improve my life, but I'm not getting, like, I'm not getting promoted. Like, I'm stuck. So I launched the podcast and I went to therapy for it, which I refused Mm -hmm. to be on anxiety medication for the longest time because I was like, no, that's not for me. And I started taking anxiety medication. I was like, I hate pills. Like, I hate them. Um, I try to like stay away. Like, I don't take pills. Like, even with my headache, like I will drink water, (laughs) everything possible. Everything else. (laughs) Unless it's like the fun, like the last thing. Mm -hmm. So I started the podcast and by talking to people, seeing other people's lives, seeing other people's challenges. And I'm like, stop, stop complaining. Like there's other people out there, like with harder things in life. Yeah. So in December 16, 2019, actually, I resigned from my job. And that day I quit my anxiety medications as well. And I have not taken anxiety medications ever since. And Mm -hmm. the podcast keeps me alive to just be like, your life is not that hard. There's other people have it harder out there. So yeah. what can you do to help others now? I love that. I started podcasting in summer 2019 and I'm so glad I did because I feel like it gave me uh, the practice I needed so that when 2020 hit <laughs> yes. and we were all stuck at home, 
Um, but it's also you, like you can work like even on editing on interviewing you can I can literally like sit here and do this every day and yeah. now I could be bored like it's something that I really love so yeah. at first it turned into like a hobby like a little runaway and now it turned into a business yeah but it's you find the little runaway thing and then you're like oh this is really good like I'm gonna stick here because I really enjoy doing this yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, I think podcasting is just so fun for so many reasons. I mean, professionally, obviously, um, you were able to grow your professional career because of podcasting, but also even from a mental health standpoint, right? Like just knowing, hearing people's stories. It's like we ask the questions that we want to know that'll make us feel safe or reassured um, and that we're on the right track, you know? And and I feel like um, you're just able to, you were able to do that, you know, for your first 100 episodes. So, you know, Romina, congratulations. I mean, you, you made it. You made it this far and and I'm really excited for you to get to the next 100, but let's go ahead and, and wrap up here uh, on some, some of your most famous questions that you ask at the end. But before I do go there, any other thoughts before we get to those famous questions that you like to ask? <laughs> Honestly, um, we just finished the podcast, you know, the whole conference and just if you ever thinking about launching a podcast, just go ahead and do so. Like this yeah. is one industry that literally podcasters like will help you because if me and Jen over here had a business that were exact the same thing, like we would be considered competitors. So we were really not going to share best tips and tricks with each other. But you'd be surprised because podcasters do that. That's mm-hmm. one community that will literally like answer any questions and is yeah. so ready to help you. So if you're looking for a community to find friends before anything else, just launch a podcast because you would be surprised. Yeah. So just, just do it. And like, yeah. we have, it's, it's a, it's a family. Literally, I second that. I feel family. like people, people will be pleasantly surprised to find that um, a lot of us have that abundance, you know, uh, give back kind of yes. mindset. And cause you don't find don't that know, in other it. businesses, in yeah. other industries, you don't find that. And podcasting yeah. is the only industry that I'm at that, I can be like, hey, Jen, like, I need help with this. Like, what do you go about this? And like, we help each other, but not like, oh, I'm not telling you because you'll do better than me. Like, it's not even a thing in our community, which I love it. Yeah. And I think, I think part of that, and I remember uh, a speaker said this in the past is we're not fighting for radio time. You know, we're not fighting for time slots. People can listen to our shows whenever they want. And what, if someone is into a topic, they want to read more about it, right. Or listen to more about it. And so it's great when we have more people talking about a certain subject or a certain industry. Right. And so I, 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 you know, unless you're a part of this, like it, it, I can see how difficult it could be to imagine how, um, family oriented we really are but we are and and we I'm so glad to be a part other. of it yeah. yeah I'm glad to be part of it and you know this wouldn't be possible if if you and I weren't in podcasting right we yes. wouldn't be having this conversation today you'll you'll create some amazing relationship you'll have some amazing new friends like everywhere internationally yeah and we celebrate each other like if you're if like if I'm slacking I'm sure Jen would be like hey you haven't posted an episode like are you okay <laughs> Yeah. Like nobody's going to, when do I don't that. get your emails, I'm like, where is she? <laughs> is she alive? But like, yeah. you don't do that for other businesses could be like, see, I knew it. That would fail. So now my yeah. business will do better. So it's not, it's, it's true. we celebrate wow. each other. It's not a competition. It's a full collaboration. And we're just so ready to help one another. That's the, my biggest thing that I can tell to everybody. Beautiful. Well, Romina, where, where, where do we go from here? What does life look like for you like now and moving on for, you know, after episode 100, where are you headed? <laughs> 
Oh my goodness, so much happening. Uh, we I am working on some new projects. We do have a very big project, so stay tuned for that. It's something that on the podcasting world would be absolutely very beneficial. So make sure to stay tuned, you guys. Cool. And if you would love to, uh, one thing that I can leave everybody to kind of understand a little bit more how my brain works. Um, if you would like to actually just go ahead and go to connectwithromina.com slash courses, there is the sales love averages mastering the sales funnel course there, which is over 40 videos, over five hours of material. Like I even break down like movie negotiation scenes, like with the de- negotiation tactics that were used. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and purchase that course because it will be not only for sales, but for business, for podcasting. It's the tactics that you will help you evolve just your way of processing everything in your daily life. Mm. And I'm ready to hit episode 200 and I'm ready to write a book. Why not? Cool. Well, I hope I'm there to host your 200th episode. Deal. (laughs) Just putting it out there, putting it out there. (laughs) Um, Awesome. And of course, I'm excited to ask this final question because I remember when you asked me this question and and how it, it was impactful for me to even contemplate about it. So now I'm excited to ask it back to you, Romina. What is your definition of success? Tables have turned, huh? (laughs) um I ask that question to every single person and like every guest and every guest has a different definition which I love it Mm -hmm. but to me for right now because you can always redefine your success definition without letting the uh the social media or the outside sources like define your your own you know success to me right now is giving my best day in and day out. So when I go to sleep, I know I give 100% of myself. And I know that I didn't slack for the day. And even if I did, maybe my body needed it. Mm. But living with less regrets and knowing that I gave 100% of myself and not be hard on myself, just enjoy it while I'm doing everything. That's my that's my success definition right now. Yeah, I love it. It's really just uh, embracing the present and being the best version of yourself. And sometimes resting's okay. Like that, I mean, yeah. that it is okay. It's actually part of being the best version of yourself. You need it to recharge. <laughs> wow. Well, Romina, I want to thank you again for reaching out to me. Uh, first of all, reaching out when you met my dog <laughs> back at PodFest a year ago now. So, you know, this is actually like, I think our one year friendship anniversary. So yes. yay us. <laughs> It is because it was on the 5th of March last year. Oh my God. I didn't even know that exact date. I love it. So I'm like a day late from from celebrating our anniversary, but happy one year anniversary of our friendship. Uh, Congratulations on your 100th episode. Thank you for having me. And, you know, I just want to wish you continued success and abundance and joy for the next 100 episodes and beyond. Absolutely. And thank you so, so much, Jen, for, you know, just saying yes to this, because I know you'd be a great host for the show. So thank you again for being a part of Coffee with Romina for the second time. If you, I asked this to the guest, actually, I'm turning to like a host for a second here. But There you go. There you go. Uh, <laughs> <Switch it laughs> sorry. Uh, but I, I would definitely want the audience to connect with you too. I know you mentioned your website at the beginning. So if you can tell the audience where they can connect with you and your own podcast. So this yeah. way they can absolutely listen to you and learn more about you and what you do as well. Well, thank you for allowing me to promote once again, Romina. My website is Jen Amos Creates, as in the word creative, but creates as in, I don't know if that's a verb, jenamoscreates.com. And uh, you'll find everything on me on there, the podcast hosts that I do, the my latest uh, speaking engagements, uh, just everything, my, my socials, uh, just find me on there. And my favorite uh, account to be on still, I guess, my favorite social media account, if you want to find me and actually get a response from me, <laughs> is uh, Instagram, which is the Jen Amos. So feel free to add me there if you want to reach out to me and and get a response but other than that Jen Amos creates is enough uh, to find everything about me 
Perfect. Thank you so much, Jen, for just interviewing yeah. me and taking your time today. This was fun. Thanks, Ramina. <laughs> Absolutely. This podcast is a 6-7 Radius production. To learn more about 6-7 Radius, our services, and how we can help you strategize your marketing and increase your sales, click the service tab on connectwithromina.com.